Hi everybody, this is Lauren Mole coming to you from the Leaky Weeky Grog Shop here in the beautiful Napa Valley. Well, apparently it looks like Judd's not here today, so uh, I guess I'm going to have to guest host the show again. Oh, hold on a second, Lauren. Hey, just oh. came in out of the storm. Oh, hey Judd. Listen, there's thunder. I can hear, I just heard some thunder. It is raining out. It took me a while to get in. I was just uh, talking to our guests out on the other side, and uh, we just wrapped up the show. Had a great one. We've got Chef Curtis DeFady of Mimi Nashi. Oh, that thunder. We should probably hang out in here for a while. Andrew, can you make up some drinks? This I think is Andrew we could, uh, Salazar. Figure something out, yeah. World's greatest bartender right here. And we promised we were going to make some drinks during the show. We didn't quite get to it, but this storm is getting close. I think we should yeah. just hang out for a while. I'm happy hanging here for a while. You guys yeah. cool? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I, I agree with you, Judd. I, would, I, I don't want to ruin my flip flops. <laughs> <Exactly>. Okay, <laughs> Andrew, if you wouldn't mind, then check out the different rums, pick sure, out a few sure. nice things, start mixing. I am going to turn it over to Lauren to tell our listeners what's happening. We invite you to join Judd and his family's winery at the south end of Silverado Trail here in Napa Valley, California, USA at Judd's Hill Winery, conveniently located at 2332 Silverado Trail. Visiting information is available at www.juddshill.com. That's right, and I would love for folks to come in, and I'll show them a good time. That's a guarantee. Just, we'll, just by appointment only, though. Well, we do prefer. We're a very small operation, so we like to know when you're coming so that we can properly prepare to host you. And you can see why we've earned that TripAdvisor Certificate of Excellence. I'm proud of our hospitality team there. So come on by. You can make an appointment by calling 707-255-2332, extension 2. If you're online, you can make an appointment there as well. And while you're online, check out our funny videos, recipes, poetry, and, you know, maybe even put some wine in your shopping cart. Wine's good. Put it in there. Let's give them a perk, too. Just for being an avid listener, type in coupon code JNVS in lowercase letters, please, and you'll get 15% off your entire wine order. Isn't that right, Judd? That's right. And if you want a better deal than that, you can join our Judd's Hill Wine Club where we guarantee a great time with all of our fine wines and invitations to events. We've got parties going on. We like to maybe might even come to your town and show you a good time. Who knows? But we will have fun together in the Judd's Hill Wine Club. In the meantime, Andrew's got a drink ready here. I'm, I'm ready to give this a shot. This looks absolutely delicious. Also, we should mention the website for Mimi Nashi, which is... Miminashi.com. How do you spell that? Well, I sip this. Yeah. M-I-M-I-N-A-S-H-I. Mmm. Mmm. Delicious, Andrew. Dot Thank com. You. Dot com. Yeah. And now, enjoy the show. Everyone's a Finkel friend on Judd's Napa Valley Show. Get ready for another heap of fascinating things to know. From witty and intriguing people on Judd's Napa Valley Show. No sales script and no rehearsing. Live from a Napa studio. You may be that intriguing person on Judd's Napa Valley Show. Pardon me. I'll have a Chardonnay, a marvelous date, it's hard to say. I know we never talk about the Sauvignon Blanc. It's a must-have on the podcast. It's Judd's Napa Valley Show. You can't ease this flow if I elaborate over a Cabernet. My buddy's the truth. You should study my man Juddy and learn something new. And now, coming to you from amidst the mysterious and exotic South Seas beauty of Napa Valley's most exclusive cocktail lounge, the Wiki Wiki Grog Shop. Chianti, Riesling, Chardonnay, what kind of wine we gonna have today? Pass that bottle, if you please. I think I'll have a little more Chablis. I'm Cobra's Fang, a.k.a. Lauren Mole, and here's your host... John Finkelstein. Hello, aloha, I should say. Lauren Mole, we were back here in the Wiki Wiki Grog Shop. On location. Indeed, and it is once again raining. Seems like every time we're in here, there's a thunderstorm going on outside. So if you hear something in the background, folks. Yeah, well, um, I don't know what those people back at the KVON Weather Center were thinking. Well, they did the little rain dance for us. Probably. Hey, what's going on with you? Well, uh, on Sunday, September 11th, uh, I got to help out with the uh, Operation with Love from Home at the Vets Home. Oh, you were up there for that? Tell me a little bit about what you did. 
Oh, well, we we, uh, we put together 200 care packages for our troops overseas. Oh, wonderful. What was included in some of these? Oh, some books and uh, some, some candy and some peanuts and some, uh, actually not peanuts, but uh, coffee and tea. Coffee and tea. Nice. Did you include a little uh, note, a little love with each package? Yes, we did. That's good. Oh, I'm glad and, you know, well, I think maybe we, that. Yeah, and I think maybe we include some peanuts, too, as well. Well, uh, hopefully it gets to the right folks. These days, people are very sensitive about peanuts. Got to be careful. Right. You never know. Right. Uh, but that's wonderful that you did that. And uh, thank you on behalf of our troops, uh, our community, all Americans everywhere. You're an upstanding young man. And I, I, I do appreciate that. Thank you very much, sir. You're welcome. Aren't you going to be singing pretty soon, too, at uh, the Giants game? Oh, that's right. That's coming up. Yeah, coming up. August 30th. August Oh, August? No, September 30th. September 30th, sorry. September 30th at AT&T Park. That's right. Are you doing Take Me Out to the Ball Game or the... Uh, take Me Out to the okay. Ball Game. Take Me Out Seventh to the Ball Game. stretch. Wow, this is not the first time you've done this. Absolutely not. Well, are you going to be solo this time or is your group going to be singing? Uh, it's just going to be the group singing. Well, that's wonderful. Right. And this is going to be part of Everybody's a Star? Everybody's a Star. Well, let's talk about that. Everybody is a Star is a non- non-profit uh, organization based in Sonoma that helps showcase the... Uh, the talents of special needs individuals and broadcast quality music videos. And if you go to everybodystar.org, like I did earlier today, just to make sure your picture was still up there. And it still is. It still is. The dashing Lauren Mole can be seen, and your full-length music video is right there. That's right. You look really sharp. You've got that like white dinner, dress dinner jacket on, and you're singing in front of different famous locales in front of, uh, in front of what am I trying to say here? Right. I'll take my time. Go ahead. Let me try again. You're singing in front of uh, very famous Northern Cal locales. That's right. That still sounded awkward, didn't <laughs> it? But it's a great video. Your video is not awkward, and it's available at everybodystar.org. It is. And let me tell you something. This website goes 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. That's right. And if folks want to find out more about the organization, maybe volunteer, donate, check it out. And uh, I know Lauren would be happy to... Send you some info. That's right. Now, I've got something coming up uh, uh, tonight. Oh, sure. Go yeah, ahead. This Tell is, us about this it. Is, this is happening tonight, September 20th, at the Silverado Resort right here in Napa. Something I can get behind. It's called Tiki for Tots. And this is an event by Community Resources for Children. And it all supports early learning and development for our youth of our community. And it's going to be great. It's from 5.30 to 7.30, right at Silverado, as I mentioned. There's going to be live music, tropical cocktails, decadent poo-poos. And by the way, Lauren, that means Hawaiian appetizers, so don't get upset. And uh, let's see, a silent auction, a wine pool, all kinds of fun stuff. Oh, the live music is going to be by our former guest, uh, world-renowned Hawaiian slack-key guitar player, Jimmy Duhigg. Ah. It's going to be great. I'm going to bring my ukulele, too. We're going to work something out. Only $50 to attend. If there are two of you that want to come, it's only 85 bucks for both of you. And if you want to get a little table of six people in, 240 So the price keeps getting better and better. Tickets can be had at crcnapa.org. There may or may not be tickets left at this point, but check it out, crcnapa.org. I hope to see you at Tiki for Tots tonight. That's great. But we have to bring up something else that we did not even discuss yet. What's that? I understand that you were recently a guest of... Uh, uh, over on the Napa show with Artie Party on, on Channel 28. <laughs> we never discussed that yet. We didn't. You're right. That was a blast. Artie Party invited me to be a guest on his fabulous Wednesday night TV show, of which you are the announcer. That's right. So folks can see what you're up to. We had a little fun with it, didn't we? We sure did. You want to explain what we did? We put on the best September Fool's prank ever. <laughs> that was good. That was September 1st, wasn't it? September Fool's Day. We did. I came out as you. I wore a button-down shirt and a tie, and I announced the show. And then you came out wearing a loud Hawaiian shirt and a ukulele in your hands. And you put on, I'm not sure if I appreciate this, but Lauren put on those, you know, big, thick rim fake glasses with the big nose attached to them. I thought it was me. <laughs> That's how convincing it was. And I think we fooled Artie for a second. We sure did. Yeah, he, he, got, he, he caught on, but we fooled him for a moment. That yeah. was a lot of fun to be it on was. there. And I got to admit, you did a great job. Well, thank you. Thanks. It was really fun to play Lauren Mole and get to announce a show. Yeah, or get to be me for a day. Who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? But, Lauren, we've got a show right now. Oh, we do. It's fun to reminisce about shows, but we've got one to get to. So let's 
We have a couple of guests here. Oh, we do? Yeah, we're twice blessed here. We've got some fun fellas. So would you introduce them, please? Oh, well, I have the paper right now in front of me, Judd. Fabulous. Our guest cuisine is whoa, all... Whoa, 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 what is that? Oh, 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 I see what you're doing. You, oh, you're doing this... You're doing this James, uh, no, not James Cagney. Edward G. Edward Robinson. Edward G. Robinson style. That's what's going He's on. He's back. Okay, so you're doing an old gangster movie intro today. Okay, now that I know. Our guest cuisine is all Japanese dreamy nosh, see? Meats fired on the grill, or perhaps some steamy squash, see? Or how about an expertly made drink, a martini to swash, see? Their joint ain't an old steamy, it's posh. She, let's welcome Chef Curtis DeFiti and Barman Andrew Salazar of Napa's Mimi Na She. <laughs> ah, well done, Lauren Mole. Chef Curtis DeFiti, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Oh, it's great. Andrew Salazar, welcome. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, Thanks for having us. It's great to have you. No, I've been excited. Andrew, you've been on the show before. You? Yes, I have previously. You have Thank been. Thank you for having me back. Uh, it's a pleasure. Anytime I can get in front of you is a pleasure, especially when you have a cocktail shaker. So sure. maybe by the end of today, we can experience something. Now, you've been one of my favorite bartenders in Napa Valley for years and years and years. And we've talked about this, I think, on the show in the past. We don't need to get into it. But I've been following you around from bar to bar. Sure. I'm very happy that you've ended up here at the brand new Mimi Nashi, which is led here by Chef Curtis. And, Chef, I just want to make sure you get right on that mic. That, that one's sounding a little low, and I've tried to boost it, so we'll get you right on that. Let's, let's talk everything. Both of you are local guys, as am I. Napa Valley, uh, bred, born, raised, all that good stuff. Should we go back to the beginning? I mean, you, Chef, have become this uh, force in the American cuisine scene. And it's pretty cool that you're a local local dude. And let's go all the way back to the beginning. I understand you're a, are you fourth generation Napa? Yeah, fourth generation St. Helena, yeah. St. Helena, uh -huh. my hometown. Yeah. Andrew's and hometown. Andrew's hometown. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Fighting Saints. So, yeah, um, Fighting Saints. I didn't go to high school in St. Helena, but uh, I um, ended up... Uh, once I left high school, I decided to go to culinary school instead of going to college. And uh, okay, so what? What I'm curious, what was your home life in Saint Helena like? Was it a big family? Did somebody have to do all the cooking? Were there other chefs? Were they big food people? How did you get on this path to become a chef? So my father actually was uh, uh, born in Palermo, Sicily, and ah. I visited Palermo many times as a kid, mm -hmm. and just fell in love with Italian cuisine. And so I kind of became the cook in the family when I would. Uh, come back home from my summers and stuff in Sicily. And how old so were you at this point? Between 15, 16, 17. Not bad. Several You're times, yeah. And the so cook. I was already the cook, and uh, my grandmother, who uh, lives still lives in St. Helena, she was the one that pretty much always had the passion for cooking as well, and I wanted to follow in her footsteps, too. Oh, that's too, nice. So. What happened in Palermo? What were you taught? What were some of the techniques you picked up? And who were you studying with? This is family, I would it's imagine. A, yeah, it's just all, it was all, it's all family. The, the fun part about it was was when uh, my cousins took me out on a uh, Vespa ride. And they oh, tried wow. to feed me things that um, <laughs> most people would not want to eat. And well, so the first thing that I got to eat when I was in Palermo was uh, something called panini calamilza, which is a spleen sandwich. <laughs> and, Lauren? Uh, Ever had one of those? <laughs> Absolutely not. Never have, never will. Wait a minute, wait a minute. We're going to get into this in a little bit, but I'm going to say, if it's coming out of his kitchen, my rule is try it. I Back at Eno Tree, I remember having a couple things. Maybe there was some tongue or some tendon or something that uh -huh. came out that I was a little nervous about, but... You know, I was like, these guys are good. I'm going to give it a shot. And delicious. Delicious. So yeah, full I, trust. I do like the odd bits when yeah. it comes to food. Um, okay. So the spleen sandwich on the Vespa, already a core memory formed right there. Core, yeah. And so that kind of is what it was delicious. Once they told me finally what it was, I really didn't care. And I ended up getting a second one because it, oh, okay. it was that good. So uh, that kind of hit off my culinary career. And I just loved food from that point on. And, you know, I, I wanted to make a career out of it. So I decided to go to culinary school, and then uh, after culinary school, I moved back to St. Helena and got a job at Bouchon and worked at Bouchon for a little bit. I'm going to back you up. Yeah, I, I don't no mean problem. to keep interrupting, but you just kind of glossed over this after culinary school. <laughs> but are you not a graduate of the, the uh, Cordon Bleu? I was going to say London, yeah. the preeminent yeah. culinary school in the world. Yeah, Cordon, Cordon Bleu, Bleu, London, and uh, Paris. 
Both. Both. Yeah. One wasn't enough. Yeah. We, uh, I did a transfer, um, midway through and finished off in London and then, uh, did a couple extra courses in Paris. Well, that must have exposed you to even more, having both those towns to live in, both those countries with very different uh, culinary traditions. Absolutely. Must have yeah. rounded you no, out. Absolutely. It definitely rounded me out and just got me more involved into wanting to be around food. Wow, very um, cool. Okay, sorry to interrupt, but no, you can't no, just gloss over yeah. that <laughs> right? important yeah. tidbit. That's, whoa. Uh, there, uh, whoa. Thunder's getting close. Something's coming down. Huh? <laughs> Nothing's leaking yet. Okay, that's good. Well, we have an emergency preparedness kit just in case. We do. It's right there by your stool there in that red bag. So keep just an eye on like that. Just a bunch of bottles of rum. Well, that, well, that is our emergency oh, okay. preparedness well, kit. Thanks, just, Andrew. Just want to make sure that uh, we're looking at the same thing. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. All right, so Cordon Bleu, you get through. Come right back to St. Helena? Come right back to St. Helena. Okay. Um, got a job at Bouchon and uh, was there for about a, a little over a year and decided to move on to to do kind of more of a Japanese style thing and uh, worked at Terra oh, okay. for about two years. Oh, I love Terra. And uh, absolutely loved working for Hiro and Lissa. Um, that's actually where Andrew and I met. Not he, Andrew wasn't working at Terra at the time, but uh, oh. we had mutual friends. And uh, I actually fell in love with Andrew's cocktails when he was working at Trevina. So I started drinking at Trevina when Andrew was there. Okay, so yeah. which was the drink that got you? Because it was Trevina as well, right? I keep saying I discovered this young man. You know. Yeah, I'm right. Sure someone else discovered him first. He got the job. Mine was a, a classic <laughs> Negroni. Uh, Negroni, okay. Yeah, the classic, classic Negroni. Drink. I mean, uh, it's, it's a very easy cocktail to screw up I think you know um, in my mind because it's just those three ingredients and if they're not precisely measured out then it's very off balance so mm. uh, how do you prefer your Negroni up with a uh, orange twist okay yeah. and I, I, I just want some tips here and is there uh, a specific type of vermouth that you Carpano like Carpano is, mm-hmm. and Antica, your gin yeah. and my gin is uh, I like Old Raj if they have if they have it, but a lot of places don't have Old Raj. But uh, I'll do Hendrix as well. Okay, very nice. Yeah. and of course but Campari I, is Campari. Campari is Campari. Yeah. Wonderful. Okay, I like to know what you know. A world famous chef is <laughs> making in for his or prefers in for his uh, Negroni. So Andrew caught your uh, mixological palate there. Yeah, the Trevina, and uh, you know, I've been kind of following him around ever since then, and uh, I left Terra for. To go back to move back to London and and worked in a little three Michelin star place called the Fat Duck. Oh wow! And uh, okay, was, hold on, yeah. I'm gonna do it again. <laughs> this is not normally my style to keep interrupting, but I feel like I feel like you're selling yourself short. You keep either glossing over or like I worked at Terra and then I, <laughs> I mean, come on, Terra yeah. Chef Hirosone, no, Lissa. He's awesome. Many. Yeah, these these and, are and some Lisa. of the great chefs of Napa Valley. Certainly one of my favorite spots to go dine out for a special occasion, and it has been since 1988 when they opened. I went on my junior prom date there. Oh, really? I'm a little older than you guys. But yes, it's been some time. And that's where, I, that's where I discovered that if I can put my trust in a certain chef, I'm going to be fine no matter really what comes out of the kitchen because I've had some weird, weird stuff <laughs> come out of the imagination of Chef Hiro Sone. I think also some tendon or some uh, things I just normally wouldn't have approached. He likes awful yeah, one of my uh, favorite things that he did was a foie gras and eel terrine, and it was fantastic. <laughs> um, something that I don't think he's done in a while, huh, Andrew? I, I, I yeah. haven't seen it. Yeah. And I worked there for about maybe five, five and a half years, and uh, I don't I don't think I recall seeing that one there. No, I don't recall a yeah, eel and foie gras terrine as well. I do remember something. It's not on the menu, which probably most people would you know say thankfully, but it was just something they brought out as a little muse-bouche, mm-hmm. and it was... Delicious. It was a little kind of custard. It was sort of a like little gel cube of something, but it had this seafoody. I knew it was something from the sea, but couldn't quite place. And maybe there was a little dashi in there, which I always like that. So we asked the waiter, you know, what, what, what was this that we just ate? He's like, ah, uh, that is a such and such with a uh, halibut milt. Mm. <laughs> and you're yeah, laughing and okay so you know the name i don't yeah, know the so name yeah, yeah, and yeah. and i say well it's wonderful what is halibut milt and <laughs> boy oh boy he did not want to answer that question he he kind of shrugged and the grin came on and says it's it and he looks down at the floor it's fish sperm 
Like, Aha! Is that what we ate? My wife would yet to put it in her mouth oh, and no. set it down. But because of my trust in Chef Hero Sony, I ate hers. I mean, it was just that good. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah, it's it's pretty delicious. I like it. And what were you doing in the kitchen there? Uh, I was just a line cook. Line cook. Yeah, just a line cook. Getting your experience, and learning a thing or two. Just learning from Chef Hero Sony. I mean, his his palate, his the balance of his. Uh, you know, food and on his plates and everything and learning his technique. You know, it's it's a pretty amazing kitchen to still walk in it today and see how nothing's changed in over, you know, 20 years. It's yeah. I mean, the kitchen's exactly how it was when I was there. And uh, I ended up going back to help out Hero two summers ago just to help him out for the summer. I literally could remember where to th- put things and where things went. It's um, all the after same. After being gone 13 years. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. Something about tradition. It, it, was there a, a, a station that you found that you really resonated with, whether it was grill or doing desserts or cold apps on Garmanger? It was, it was definitely grill for me because I love making staff meal. The person on grill makes staff meal. Oh. And so that was one of my favorite things to do is to make staff meal for everyone every day. So. And was there a real people pleaser as far as staff meal? Um, something people kept asking for, let's have Curtis's... Chicken and dumplings. Chicken and dumplings. Yeah, chicken sure. and dumplings. Like a traditional, traditional southern chicken and dumplings. chicken and dumplings. And then uh, we would make banh mi's as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, lots of just fun things like that. And, um, he gave us a budget to work with, which is kind of rare in the kitchen because uh, they really wanted to build that sense of camaraderie in the kitchen. I think they, you know that was the first kitchen where I could really feel the camaraderie going on in, uh, in the kitchen because I think it, it had all to do with staff meal. And has this now translated to your restaurants that you have opened? Do you create this uh, type of feel? We definitely have a staff meal, but it's not like the feel at Terra where yeah. um, everyone sits down in the dining room and enjoys staff meal. Um, our staff meal is a little bit later in the evening, so we're not able to go into the dining room and sit down. Oh, I see. So it's uh, just a little bit different of a schedule. So unfortunately, no. I would love to do what, what Hero does, but... Uh, just the way that timing is with the restaurant, it doesn't work out. Right. You guys operate them different hours yeah. and whatnot. Okay. So out of the kitchen from Tara, that's where I interrupted you. You were on yeah. some <laughs> other fabulous <laughs> adventures. So let's hear about that. So yeah, I, uh, I moved back to London and uh, worked at a restaurant called The Fat Duck as a stage. And if you guys don't know what a stage is, it's somebody that works for free for <laughs> <clears throat> about six months. I was there working for free, loving it. But uh starting to run out of money and uh, decided to, to go back to Italy and hang out with my cousins. Mm. So I uh, went back to Sicily and, and uh, was in Sicily for about three months and then uh, left Europe to come back home to the Bay Area. And uh, I got a job at Olivetto down in Oakland. Oh, yeah. Famous. Yeah. And um, I was there for five years, ended up leaving Olivetto to open up an oak tree. This is amazing. Like the career you've already had and you're you're not an old dude at this point. You were just like <laughs> a kid through all this. Yeah, I was, I was a baby. Yeah, I mean, wow. still, still young, 36 now. But uh, yeah, I was, uh, and I've always had my eye on on uh, greater pastures, I guess. So, well, good, and it's led you yeah. to them. Yeah. All right. So, how do we get from all of this wonderful background to opening your restaurant in downtown Napa? I really wanted uh, something that uh, we, we could get noodles and rice bowls in, in downtown Napa, and um, I was tired of driving. You're already to glossing over a yeah. big part of your history here. <laughs> I'm right. talking about your first uh, restaurant oh, about in downtown oh, sorry. Napa. So yeah, let's at a notary. Uh, I just I'll we, be your press agent. Yeah, no, okay, no, no, that's that? fine. <laughs> I'll brag for you. Your first great restaurant in Napa. My first Napa. great restaurant. Yeah, I wanted a casual, fun pizza place, and I I thought it would be great to have something that's very similar to what people had already offered in, in Napa, but make it even more casual and approachable. So that was an tree and, and we had wonderful pizzas, and, and uh, I love doing offal at an tree. Uh, yeah, we were famous uh, for our lamb testicles. Yeah. For, wait, 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 what? Our, la- our lamb testicles. We were very famous for our lamb testicles. Wow, nobody ever told yeah. me about those. I don't think I ever got yeah. served. Uh, we were actually on TV serving <laughs> lamb testicles uh, with Andrew Zimmern. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> How did I miss that episode? Okay, yeah. folks, look that one up. We got famous for our lamb testicles. and uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it. it's, 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 it's We're just well like known the, for the, our, the halibut melts. Our you know? pizzas and testicles. Come uh-huh. on. 
Come for the pizza, stay for the lamb test. Yeah. Here we go. Enotri. Yeah. But it's you just guys a hit, good the, hit the ground running. I mean, as soon as you open your doors, you were getting great buzz, uh, write-ups, critiques. Yeah. And downtown uh, was kind of on a little bit of a renaissance at that point in time, too, because, uh, you know, it had been so quiet for so long, and then uh, some things were finally starting to come to downtown Napa, and uh, we were a part of that, which was really nice. Thanks for helping out. Yeah. You know, bringing some life back to yeah. downtown. Yeah, yeah before that, is is it it a pretty stagnant sort of dining scene in downtown Napa, I think. When you thought of great cuisine in Napa in general, you, d- you know, you kind of, you know, didn't really think of Napa itself. You thought of Yonville, you thought of St. Helena and Calistoga. Yeah, um, that's right. That's right. If you wanted to uh, go out for a really nice dinner, sure, you had to go sure. to Yonville or St. Helena. If you wanted to go out and like walk around at night, maybe there's some music playing somewhere, you had to go up to Calistoga. That was kind of the nightlife place. But things began to shift. Yeah, it's all reversed now. And, uh, it is. The pe- more, pe- more and more people are hanging out in downtown Napa and... It's a pretty cool scene going on right now. Which you are now part of in your current restaurant. We can, we can yeah. now talk about what you're <laughs> now, doing now. Yeah, so. It's just you've got such a great history. Oh, we've got to get you, it Jeff. out there. Yeah. Okay. Mimi Nashi. So, yeah, now I've uh, we opened, left Inotri based left on Inotri, And then we decided to, to uh, move on and do something new. And this is uh, we, we opened up Mimi Nashi. Uh, we opened up May 7th of 2016. And uh, we've been very busy and well received with the locals, so this is fantastic. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. You know, your you know heritage, you say, is Sicilian, mm-hmm. so it made a lot of sense. Not that yeah. we have to stick to you know what we are culturally; we can always branch out. But it did make a lot of sense that Inotri was based on your heritage and featuring uh, the Southern Italian cuisine. How did you get influenced with the Japanese style in 2013? Uh, I've always uh, decided to take a trip by myself to go to Japan. And uh, this is something that I've always wanted to do since I was working at Terra. And back when I was in culinary school, um, I did my externship at a noodle bar called Wagamama. Oh, wow. And um, just I've always loved noodles and I've always loved Japanese cuisine. So it's just like, all right, I think it's time to to uh, finally go to Japan. Mm-hmm. And I went to Japan for 14 days for the first time. And it was completely life-changing. Um, what, mean, what, 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 what happened? The food, the, the food, food was amazing. I had one of the greatest experiences of my life eating sushi. One of the best days of my life. I, uh, wow. I was able to eat at seven Michelin stars in one day. Wow. Um, just cause you, that's something that you can actually do in Tokyo. And, uh, it's just, it's amazing to see the dedication that, uh, Japanese people have when it comes to anything, whether it be, you know, knives or, carpet weaving or even you know sushi they're um, going to do it the best they, they can possibly yeah do they, they, they no really doubt. dedicate their life to it and to to see that kind of passion and and discipline that they have is just really admirable so i came back from japan and i was like you know what napa needs is a, a noodle bar and uh, we decided to open up mibinashi you got your inspiration wonderful yeah. and you seem to be mm. with wow that yeah again it's, Clouds Thunder. are getting closer, huh? Yeah. I didn't see any flashes out the window, but that lightning is close. With Inotri, with Miminashi, you seem to be one of these guys that really immerses yourself in whatever it is that you are purveying. You know, really sticking to the to well, the culture behind what it is, whether it's the Italian, the Sicilian, the Japanese. I'm just curious, are you like this in other facets of your life? Like if you find a band you really like, do you go put posters up all over your room or follow them? Or if there's yeah. like an artist you like, do you go to the the openings and, you know, collect pieces of artwork? Like, I'm you, definitely a... Uh, are you an all-in obs- kind of guy? I'm an all-in obsessive kind of personality. Yeah, absolutely. Which I think works really well when you are for a chef, it works well. Yeah, exactly. My my fiance might not think the same, but yeah. <laughs> oh, what are some? Should we get your fiance in here to talk yeah. about? There <laughs> Maybe was not today. <laughs> no, yeah. right. There was a photo, and I hadn't met you at this point. I've only met you recently, so I didn't really know much about you except you're the guy that had you know a tree, which was you know, a great restaurant. And there was a photo. I think it might have been in the San Francisco Chronicle. It showed you at the at the grill with a skewer doing something mm-hmm. but above you like these splayed out fish hanging to dry yeah which i didn't know much about but just seeing that photograph told me enough about you to realize that you are an all-in kind of guy like where else am i going to go in and see just 
fish splayed out drying over a <laughs> hot coal grill, especially in Napa. Yeah. Yeah, you can come see it Mimi Nashi most nights for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Still drying the what is that called by the way? If I wanted to um, if I wanted some of that, I don't know what it's called. It's it's And how do you use it? Well, we use it in our ramen broth mm. and um it's just smoked carcasses. Um oh. there's not like a real I there I'm sure there's a there's a Japanese term for it, but I'm not sure quite what the Japanese word for it is. Okay, but it's not a dish um, in and of itself. It's, it's not a dish in and of itself. Similar no. to create a broth. Yeah, so what we do is uh, all the smoke that comes up from the bichotan, which is the Japanese charcoal that we use for our yakitori grill or our ribata yaki, gets put into the uh, carcass and then we steep it at the last maybe 10, 15 minutes in our ramen broth to get a great flavor. Oh, wow. So it's yeah. a quick, quick addition. Very quick. Yeah, it's not something that we do. F- uh, we found that if it steeps for longer than an hour, hour and a half, it really uh, gets overpowers it. and yeah. gets too smoky. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Got to go try the ramen. I haven't had the yeah. ramen yet. Uh, yeah. You got to come have the ramen. I will. I'm getting hungry. I'm going to need to go to s- get a snack right now. Maybe there's, are there any bar peanuts around here? So <laughs> while I'm doing that, we got to take a quick break. We'll be back with more of Judd's Napa Valley show from the Wiki Wiki Grog Shop right after these messages. La, 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 la. It's always Finkalicious on Judd's Napa Valley Show. At 1440 on your AM dial in Napa and Sonoma and streaming live on the magnificent islands of Bermuda at KVON.com back to Judd's Napa Valley Show from the Wiki Wiki Grog Shop. Speaking of Bermuda, I was just looking at this dark rum down here and thinking about, um, I don't know, I think before this show's over, Andrew, we're going to have to have you... Mix something up, Iron Chef style. Just oh my goodness! Show you what's here, and you'll make something up. Oh man, that thunder! I'm telling you, the storm. We any leaks yet? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. This Still not stur- sturdily built here. The Wiki Wiki Grog Shop. Thank you, Lauren Mole. Yes, streaming live in Bermuda. Anywhere you can get the internet and past episodes can be heard via the Apple iTunes Store. You can look up all the past episodes right there. We're being joined by two of Napa's tastemakers, and I mean, they make things that taste good. We've got Chef Curtis DeFede of Miminashi and barman Andrew Salazar of Miminashi, and I'm so glad to have you guys here. This is exciting. Let's talk about what's going on right now at the restaurant. Exciting stuff, you guys. The buzz is incredible. Every time I've been in there, there's... Lots of other people in there, too, so business seems like it's going well. You've just opened a window, too. You can walk yeah. by Miminashi and pick up... What do you pick uh, up? Sweets. You can pick up soft serve ice cream, or in ja- Japan, they call it soft cream. Soft cream, yeah. Um, the flavors change daily. Uh, so, yeah, you can walk by, and the window's open from 11... Sorry, 12 o'clock uh, in the afternoon, and all the way until 11 o'clock at night. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's so, a Napa first, isn't it? It's a Napa first, and... Yeah. Uh, no preservatives, no nothing. Everything is delicious for you in in the uh, except for the calories. But Boy, my mouth yeah. my mouth's already watering right now. <laughs> All right, Lauren. Well, by the time we get out of here, it'll be just about time for that window to open. We'll head on over. Now, Andrew. Yes, sir. As we talked about earlier, you are one of the preeminent mixers, barmen, mixologists, bartender. So. We talked about this, like preferring bartender over mixologist, sure, mixologist sure. over but bartender. But I mean, any what, any any sort of title that describes what you do, I think. Is fine. What shall I call you? Uh, barman, bartender, um, guy. Hey, <laughs> guy. 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 Guy behind the stick. Hey, you. Let's just say you make <laughs> some of the best drinks in Napa Valley or anywhere that I've been, really. And I go to a lot of bars when sure. I travel, but but you're one of the one of the greats. And what I like about you is not only are your drinks great, but you've got a story behind every one of them, and that helps make the drinks great because obviously you've done some research. Hmm. You are an academic when it comes to cocktails i mean i don't have to tell you that you know that uh you put some study into it so i'm curious being the thoughtful guy that you are when this project was ramping up and before you opened how did you approach knowing what the concept was how did you figure out what you were going to do for the bar to fit in well I, i i didn't really when curtis approached me with this idea uh i i told him so what sort of cocktail program? What sort of bar program do you have in mind? I can, I can flesh out or uh, manifest any sort of style of program that you want to do. And he just said, "Do whatever you want." Oh, and so I said, "You uh, trust this guy, don't oh, you, I, Chef?" I really trust this guy. <laughs> so yeah. I said, okay, that's, that's I really would cool. too. 
And so something that I try to do is to feature things that have a lot of appeal in a very broad sense in, the, in, in that they appeal to both men and women, different age groups, ingredients that are eye-catching, but maybe here and there might have a, something that's a little bit exotic or a little bit out of the ordinary. Try to introduce new techniques, whether they're new to the bartending staff or new to the, the drinkers. Just try to do things that are, that are fun and innovative things that are, that maybe Napa hasn't seen yet as well as feature new ingredients because you 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 want to be able to keep this pretty sophisticated drinking culture that we have here with you know so many great wines and an increasingly impressive selection of beer advocates and producers you know the uh, the fine folks down at uh, Napa fermentation have a wonderful selection or I mean a wonderful club of avid home brewers, mm-hmm. home home winemakers, home cider makers. Um, so, I mean, the passion is there. And obviously there's a lot of a lot of places that uh, have a bars affixed to them where people are learning more and more about what they like, what they don't like, what interests them in terms of cocktails and spirits um, and bar culture in general. And so I don't know if I necessarily answered your question. I think it's my job to to offer at least something for everyone but also to be able to keep to to keep i guess you know well-informed drinkers like yourself or myself as well as novice um cocktail consumers interested in what we're doing basically well, that's that's what i try to yeah do. no and i think you do a great job of that and what i admire about you is you're obviously a very sophisticated person when it comes to cocktails yet you don't come across as snobby Ever. Anytime I've ever been across the bar from you and I hear somebody order something that, and I've been at some of these bars where they just take themselves way too seriously. Sure. You know, uh, an order is made and a, a snobby bartender would say something like, are you sure you want that? Or how about something mm-hmm. else? You know, try to veer them away from what the person wants. And you would never do that. I know. No, I mean, first and foremost, we're, we're in hospitality. And I think... Fortunately, for the most part, cocktail culture has gotten over that hump of taking itself too seriously. I hope so. Of, of you know, trying to dictate what are the, the rules and the requisites for, for bar acumen or ordering. Because, you know what, if somebody wants a, a mojito and it's December, that's, hey, that's <laughs> fine. I'll try to make the best mojito I can. That's like wearing white after Labor Day is ordering so. a mojito yeah, in December. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I hope we're over that hump because I just see that as a big detriment to the progress of the art of mixology is when people take it too seriously that they're not they're not willing to listen to what people actually want. Sure. And then that sure. intimidates patrons and keeps them away. I just want to get your thoughts on this. It just popped into my mind. It has nothing to do with anything else except for just an odd drink. I was down um, at a restaurant in Southern California mm-hmm. and on their cocktail list, which was very short. There was probably only about five drinks and none of them that I would, you know, consider in that like kind of crafty, there was no tinctures or infusions or anything like that. All pretty straight ahead uh, type drinks. And one of them was one I'd never heard of before, but seemed very obvious. The Dirty Shirley. You ever come across a drink called a Dirty Shirley? Can you probably guess what a Dirty Shirley is? Um, I'm (laughs) guessing uh, there's either some 7-Up or some ginger ale with some grenadine and maybe... Uh, a, a nice slug of vodka? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Right, Shirley right. Temple with vodka. Yeah. Now, if somebody came in and said, my, what a lovely bar you have. What an interesting bar menu. So thoughtful and presented so beautifully, these cocktails and and the way that they integrate with the cuisine here. But can you make me a dirty Shirley? I would say absolutely. Um, that, and that's what I but, admire about you. But, but also the thing that I think might make it a little bit more interesting is that... Ah, yes. Is that jazz for, up the dirty Shirley? <laughs> is we that what a j- jazzy dirty Shirley? Sure, sure. Uh, for our standard grenadine, we actually work tamarind into our grenadine. So, anytime somebody has a drink that uh, includes grenadine, it, it'll have a little bit more of a high-toned, tropical, mm. um, slightly acidic quality to it that might make it a little bit more interesting, or at least mm, a little bit different than the usual. Because grenadine, while it's such a 
an indispensable ingredient, and it's used a lot in tiki cocktails and cocktails in general. It, I don't know, think it, think it, you know, might need a little, a little touch of uh, <laughs> love here and there to sure. make it a bit more interesting. Okay. Um, even though we've come a long way from thinking of grenadine as the uh, um, the noxious, you know, bright red uh, roses. Yeah, just kind of glurp. Yeah, that much yeah. flavor, and and you can find some really fantastic grenadines at you know, you know your specialty uh, your specialty liquor store. Sure, pick up some pomegranates and, yeah, and make some of your own. Absolutely. Well, I'm curious since the two of you have known each other for so long. Obviously, chef, you put your trust in Andrew with mm-hmm. the bar program, but how much do you guys confer? I know the menu changes often depending on what's available. The drinks seem to change as well. Are you guys talking about this and how to integrate? Yeah, I mean, we definitely talk about it, but I mean, Andrew's so creative that I just, I really entrust him in what he does. And so I don't have to worry about it too much, but when we do talk, it is more about a collaboration of what he's thinking or what I'm thinking. But I I think he's so creative that I just, I rather have him do his own thing. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to micromanage somebody that's already great. Yeah. I mean, one thing that I've always loved about Andrew is wherever he's bartended, I've always just said, make me a drink always and he's uh always come up with several different things and there's always a context with uh, everything he's ever made so yes pretty cool so I've, that's that's what i admire about him i've so. played that hand as well yeah. and i try not to do it in that obnoxious like oh just make me something you no know, no like, i'm never, clueless yeah. don't make me some it's always like what are you proud of right now what have you been working on what do you want to show off and that really paid off i remember uh, now i can't remember the drink it was the angostura Fizz? Angostura? Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, Angostura Fizz, sometimes fizz. called a Trinidad fizz, yeah. fizz. Wow. And uh, it's, it's, it's really, it, I mean, on paper, it seems like an odd set of ingredients. Well, sure. But I it, mean, but, I've been around cocktails it, a long it time. Like, uh, it tastes like Christmas. It's uh, uh, spicy and warm and rich. It's one but of still, never... But still bright. It's a pretty, pretty cool little cocktail. That goes back. I mean, that's a that's a classic drink from way back. I'd never thought to use Angostura bitters as the base exactly, ingredient, yeah, yeah. like whole, the main a whole ounce of Angostura yeah. bitters, an ounce of bitters. Yeah. And then what do you do with it? Well, I mean, well, first of all, you you, you come across it in some some obscure reference uh, or, or some obscure. Uh, I, I don't even know how I first uh, uh, ran into it, but uh, but essentially, there's this guy named uh, Charles H. Baker who's like a, a, a Hemingway-esque uh, sort of character, and I think he actually was somebody who kind of palled around with uh, with Hemingway. Yeah, basically it's it, it's it, it's a I love it when he geeks out like this <laughs> yeah, and gets yeah. academic. I mean, I sort dude, of this uh, is this is why we love Andrew. Yeah. Yes. And 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 then and the name, you know, if 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 you're able to kind of parse the name and know uh, essentially kind of what what those things mean, you're you're able to kind of decipher what goes into it already. So, fizzes are a style of drinks uh, a, a style of cocktail that are essentially sours that have been lengthened with the carbonate. So, in this case, um, since it's uh, an Angostura fizz, um, Angostura bitters is is the main culprit uh, in terms of uh, flavor <laughs> profile. And then you need your sweet and your sour. So there's a combination of both um, simple syrup and grenadine for the sh- for the uh, for the sweet portion. And lemon juice uh, plays the, the the role of sour. It requires an egg white uh, and some heavy cream. And so, like I said. On paper, it seems like such an odd combination of, uh, in, uh, but, uh, ingredients, but when, when you combine them all, shake them vigorously, and after straining and topping with a little bit of soda, it's, um, it, it's really pretty, pretty... It's a triumph. Pretty delicious. It's a triumph. Well, you've yeah. never disappointed any time I've asked you, but that one just was the first one that popped into my sure, head where, sure. when I just put my trust in him, and there's something so surprising, and that's such a wow factor that yeah, it has that- stuck with me. Now that everybody walks into Mimi Nashi, they're going to be just saying, Andrew, just make me a drink. <laughs> That's fine. Absolutely. Angostura yeah. uh, fizz. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you have the fixings for it there? Oh, most certainly. Most certainly. Absolutely. Okay. Well, all right. I won't ask for a mojito in December. Well, well you, you said it's can. okay. I yeah. still yeah. got the subtext. We have mint. We have that. lime. We have, okay. uh, you know. But maybe that Angostura fizz. Well, that's very cool. Now, you guys have been open now. It's been since... Uh, May 7th, we opened. May 7th. Yeah. Shortly after that, about two weeks after you opened, I had yet to to venture in. We had a group here at the Wiki Wiki Grog Shop. It was part of a charity auction. We auctioned off a night at the Wiki Wiki Grog Shop, and there was great food. We had a bartender. It was, it was really nice. I didn't know some of the people. It wasn't my party. 
you know, I just kind of opened the doors. There was one fellow who I noticed was looking at every detail of this place. He was <laughs> taking his time. He was, he was looking, how does the bamboo tied up? And wow, there's like rust stains over there, but I don't think they're natural. I think whoever designed this might have painted them in. Mm-hmm. And look how this particular uh, shelf is carved in place. And, and he's, you know, I saw him there, so I walked up, and he started saying, this place is just amazing. And I said, well, I can't take all the credit. You know, I told him about Danny Gallardo, the fellow who built it. And uh, then he introduced himself as Michael McDermott, the fellow who designed Mimi Nashi. Yeah. So I said, well, if he appreciates the wiki wiki grog shop on this level then he must have some taste in class i gotta go check out this movie <laughs> nashi place no but it, it was i think the following week when i finally got in and uh it's gorgeous oh thank you it's yeah. gorgeous. let's 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 talk about this let's give mr mcdermott some props and how you all approached the look of the place so michael and i actually traveled to japan together oh you um, did yeah wow. we we spent um about 20 days in japan together I've always wanted him to be the the restaurant designer, but he doesn't do restaurant design. He only designs labels. That's what he said. He yeah. did, he does graphic design he for does graphic wine labels. For, exactly. You know, he was always, you know, pointing out things just like he would be doing when he was here in the grog shop. So, uh he'd always be pointing out certain things and this is what you need to be doing and this is what this and I'm like, "Why don't you know what? Why don't you just design the restaurant?" He goes, "No, I don't want to do that." And, you know, it took <laughs> months for me to finally convince him to do it turned out a very beautiful restaurant you know and and uh we were very fortunate to have certain somebody like gary taylor build the uh the restaurant and and everything and and uh you know i give 100 percent credit to michael for his vision because uh you know he kind of also said that somebody needs to have cojones in order to <laughs> to go out and on a limb to actually do a restaurant like what we did and uh yeah it doesn't really look like any other restaurant I've seen. Yeah, and it's definitely not the Napa norm. And uh, we didn't want to be the Napa norm. We wanted to be something different. And we wanted to be the restaurant where people, if they don't want to drive to the city, they can just come to Miminashi and have a little bit of an urban feel. Yeah, it does. It does mm-hmm. from um, from the interior look to the door itself, which, yeah. by the way, is very satisfying, not only in its beauty, but as a back scratcher. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> You've done that, I imagine. Uh, every, Who yeah, hasn't, right? Every, every, yeah, a lot of Instagram posts of people ba- scratching their back. Yeah, that the, was my first yeah. instinct. I saw yeah. that. It's like, this is gorgeous, and I'm going to rub up against it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you discourage are, that, or is that okay? No, it's definitely okay, and oh, okay. Uh, it's pretty solid. So the door's made out of poplar, and it's supposed to replicate little tiny Mount Fuji's. Oh, yeah. Well, that makes all the sense yeah. in the world now that you uh-huh. say that. Yeah. It does. It, yeah. It, it's It's got all these raised little Mount Fujis on mm-hmm. it and great for a back scratching, too. Yeah. And the inside has, um, I mean, the ceiling is beautiful wood and I believe is reminiscent, sort of kind of pagoda looking, pagoda but without temples, really yeah. looking exactly like Yes, yeah, so it's something that's interesting in Japan when you go to a, a Shinto or a Buddhist temple. You can actually have a Buddhist temple inside of a Shinto temple and a Shinto temple inside of a Buddhist temple. So you can have multiple oh. temples inside of a temple. And so that's kind of something we're trying to replicate as well. Um, so the the Grand Pagoda is a Shinto-style temple, and then the uh, small skinny one on the, uh, that is near the booth is a Buddhist-style uh, pagoda. Wow, that's good temple, to know. Yeah. I'll take a closer look yeah. next time and have that in mind. Like, What's the overall feel of the place from your perspective? Like, What were you trying to go for and... What do you think it is? Honestly, what I'm trying to go for is fun. Okay. I want people to walk word. in and just have fun. Being able to get drinks like somebody from from uh, Andrew, where they can just walk in and, and feel comfortable and, and just have fun and just have a good time and not worry about stuffiness or anything like that. And, you know, we're just really simple, clean food. And that's that's what I wanted. Yeah. And, and, and in addition to cocktails and spirits, there's also a really, really wonderfully curated sake and wine menu because there's there's one of the one of the things that I think is so fun about Miminashi is is the selection you can have um, such a different experience from from evening to evening depending on what you want to do if you want to you know draw up a, a, a super cold uh, uh, Asahi super dry beer to go mm-hmm. with your bowl of noodles and spend you know uh, you know half hour slurping some noodles and drinking some cold beer that's cool <laughs> but if you want to spend a couple of hours and chomp on just about every part of the chicken conceivable 
you can do that too and uh, wash it down with some really fantastic wine or uh, some fantastic selections of sake that um, have been put together by uh, um, the beverage director and wine director Jessica Pinzon. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's, I, I think that's one of the one of the really amazing strengths of, of Mimenashi is its versatility. Now, if 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 you're just feeling you want to satisfy your sweet tooth, you can just wander up to the window and grab some soft cream. You know, maybe grab a little cup of tea while you're at it, and you know, be be on your way. Everything is very well thought out, and I think that that's very obvious when you come in and uh, right down to the service, which you said. Uh, it really isn't stuffy. Everyone's made to feel very comfy. That's been my experience. Yeah, it's such a new type of cuisine for people in downtown Napa. I think because uh, I think when you say Japanese food, it they think more of sushi. Sure. And uh, we're everything but sushi. So you know we're rice bowls and noodles and uh, yakitori and, and every conceivable part of the chicken. Every as conceivable you part which of is the chicken. Yeah. Amazing when you yeah. look at the the menu. Yeah. The menu can be kind of intimidating, so we want to make sure that everyone feels comfortable and maybe start off with a cocktail and then you know, kind of work your way through the menu. And uh, everyone's, you know, we, we kind of promote to our staff that we just want people to feel comfortable and relaxed. That's how I've felt. So thank you very yeah. much. You've got something coming up. We're going to do something for the very first time at Mimi Nashi. And I s- use the pronoun we because you've very kindly included me in this as well. Tiki night. Uh-huh. It's coming up. It's coming up. Next uh, week. S- yep, September 27th. Next Tuesday night. Yeah. And Let's talk tiki. Yeah, so the... The fun part about this is, is Andrew and I were, you know, we're going through the uh, the cookbook. What was the cookbook that we we're going through, or the the cocktail book in oh, San Francisco? It, uh, Smuggler's Cove. Smuggler's Cove. Yes, Thank yes. you. Um, uh, great book. You were, yeah, you you were kind enough to uh, invite Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, Martin and Kate? Mrs. Kate, Rebecca um, Kate, to to Miminashi um, on your way to um, an, another event, and right after we did a show right here in the Wiki Wiki Cocktail. Oh, cool, show. cool, excellent. Yeah, and they and, they uh, loved it. They had a great time at Mimi Nash. And so I was showing they off. They scratched my their backs too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I was, yeah, I, good. I, I was, I was, I was uh, showing off my new uh, my new book to uh, to Curtis, and I was like, "Dude, check this out. This is awesome." And and uh, we just were thinking, well, maybe we, maybe we should uh, do a little a little tropical tiki tiki themed night uh, of, of our own. I like the way you yeah. think. Yeah. And so yeah, once we were talking about that, and uh, Andrew goes, "You know what? I have the perfect person that can help us." Uh, with a ukulele band and all sorts of different things that we can to do for the, the tiki night. We can bring in some old-time Hawaiian music with the Mai Kai Gents. We're going to have yeah. some classic cocktails from the tiki pantheon. See. Is that the right word? Am I using yeah, the right fancy I think word? So. I think so. From uh, Andrew. And uh, Chef, you've delved into the little bit of the history of classic tiki palaces and what they may have served. And yeah. Your take on some of it? So, yeah, so we're going to definitely be doing uh, some Japanese and uh, Japanese Haw- uh, Hawaiian inspired tiki dishes. Um, so, like, we'll have tuna poke and spamasubi, loco moco, <laughs> you know, fried wontons, oh, uh, a lot of fun different things. And we're going to make our own spam. You're, wait a minute, you're going to actually make spam? We're going to make spam, yeah, for it. So I can't wait to see this. Yeah, it'll, it'll, uh, it might not last as long as the normal spam because <laughs> it'll be fresh, but... Uh, well, it's all going to get eaten yeah, that night. It'll, it'll yeah, it'll eat eaten all that night. Everyone's so, going to yeah. love it. And do you want to give away some of the drinks? I don't mean like give away for free, but talk <laughs> about some of the drinks that are, that well, are going to be served. Well, uh, sure, we can mention a few of them. We'll, we'll, we'll have three different uh, kind of categories of drinks. I, I think maybe about nine or ten all told. Um, wow. So we'll have a couple of them, which will be... Uh, house specials that we feature on a daily basis because whenever you put a well at least whenever I like to put uh, put together a cocktail menu I have to have at least one tiki cocktail represent uh, representation on the menu oh, you do good and I'm, I'm yeah I always appreciate that thank you thank you and then we'll delve into uh, uh, the, the aforementioned pantheon of classics and do uh, uh, mild riffs on those okay and we'll also have a couple of uh, punches to uh, to have available if you want to get a uh, just a cup of punch um, or maybe we could even offer an entire bowl for uh, for a table I can't um, wait. We'll see. I, I'm I'm just gonna pull up a chair. Actually, I'm performing. Yeah. Our band, yeah. the Mike I Jansen, be there, but I'll be there all night. And I might get a room at the Travel Lodge next door, <laughs> even though I only live ten yeah. minutes away. But if I'm gonna be partaking, uh, that might be the way to do it. Now, this is Tuesday, September 27th. What time are we kicking off? I don't even know yet. What time? Uh, should well, I? we open at 5:30, so okay, we'll be so from 5:30 until uh, 11. Five thirty till 11. Yeah. It's not a fixed price thing, so people it's can all just all come, cart. order yeah. what you want, sure. but should have reservations. Yes, uh, reservations are suggested. And the phone sure. number to call? Um, 
Everyone has a smartphone now these days. So yeah. does the restaurant <laughs> have a phone? That's yeah, the, the, the yeah, restaurant and, definitely and you, has a phone. And you know, some people have Apple watches too, which I also like. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they can just look on their wrist and probably look up Mimi Nashi. All right, Andrew, while you're looking up the phone number <laughs> yeah. of the restaurant where you work, <laughs> um, I would like to say that uh, it's going to be a lot of fun and I'm going to be there. My band's going to be there doing old time Hawaiian music with the combination of the music, the food, the drinks. This is going to be a classic night to remember in Napa and I cannot wait. You got a number? I got the number. Okay, for reservations at Mimi Nashi for Tiki Night on Tuesday, September 27th, call... Call 254-9464. That's 707-254-9464. Fantastic. Um, and now is the time on the show when we play everyone's favorite party game. This is Mad Libs. That's right. Andrew, you have been a guest on this show before. We've done the Mad Libs. So... I'm going to turn the attention to Chef. I'm going to let him answer these questions. But of course. And uh, see what we come up with. So uh, you know how to play Mad Libs, right? It's part of, course, of your growing yeah. up, I'm sure. Yeah. You do? Okay, great. So let's get right to it. The first thing I'm going to need is an adjective. No, I, I take it back. I read that wrong. It's an adverb. All right. Uh, sloppily. Sloppily. All right. Uh, now I need an adjective. Blue. Blue. Okay. How about a verb past tense? Verb past yeah. tense. An action um, that happened already. Skated upon. Skated upon. Like, okay, that's cool. Something was skated upon. A geographic location could be just anywhere, really. Use your imagination. Um, how about the peat bogs of Ushuaia, the very, very tip of South America? The peat bogs of Ushuaia. Have you been there? I have actually, yeah. It's uh, in Patagonia, very bottom of the earth. Okay. Is, that, is that Brazil or Argentina? It sounds more like a Portuguese uh, word. It's Argentina. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yoshuaia, maybe Ushuaia. it's an indigenous word. I have no idea. But we're going to move on to plural noun. Uh, a Raiders fan. Raiders fans. <laughs> Raiders want to know. Yeah. Probably two and know at this point. You're a fan, are you, Andrew? <laughs> are you a Raiders fan? Yes, sir. Yes, okay, sir. cool. Then this is this, for you. This is the year. An adjective. Cloudy. Cloudy. With all the rain going on in the background. That's right. Hope you guys brought umbrellas. It wasn't storming like this when you walked in. No. <laughs> okay, a plural noun. Let's see. Barbie dolls. Barbie dolls. And finally, an adjective. Painfully cold. <laughs> Painfully cold. Okay. All right, Chef Curtis DeFady. Earlier today, I was online doing a little research. And I came across Michael Bauer's write-up of Mimi Nashi <laughs> online, which you have now rewritten via this oh, fantastic. Mad Lib. <laughs> and <clears throat> are you ready? I, love, I am ready. I love this. this In the words of Michael Bauer and Chef Curtis DeFady, here we go. <laughs> it seems like every time Bay Area chefs travel to Japan, they come back energized and changed. The latest convert is Curtis DeFady who is a chef partner in downtown Napa's sloppily realized Eno tree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that really works. Yeah, where, where, where he became known for a Southern Italian-inspired menu of blue pizza and carefully skated upon charcuterie. <laughs> That's like the new thing, that skated upon charcuterie. Yeah, you know, you take the, yeah. uh, take the edge of the uh, skate and yeah. use that to, <laughs> to slice it. up the charcuterie. Y yeah, and before that, the roller skate kind of flattens it out. Oh, All right, yeah, anyway, okay. he left nearly three years ago and traveled to many countries, including the peat bogs of Yoshuaia. Oh, that's yeah. actually true. Yeah. yeah, There, he fell in love with the food... And the Raiders fans. <laughs> All right. <laughs> got good Raiders fans now. Yeah. yeah. DeFady takes the same cloudy approach to Japanese food <laughs> as he did to, at Inotri. <laughs> Adhering to tradition, but with enough flair to create excitement and engage Northern California Barbie dolls. <laughs> and they are all over Miminashi. I've been in. Yeah, they had some in there. True. After three visits... It became clear that DeFady has achieved his goal of bringing something different to downtown Napa. In the process, he's created a very 
painfully cold restaurant. <laughs> oh. I would urge Zinger, folks yeah. to look up Michael Bauer's review of Mimi Nashi and read what it really says because it's actually glowing. It's a great review. Chef Curtis DeFady, barman, bartender, mixologist, guy behind the stick extraordinaire, Andrew Salazar. Thank you very much for joining today. Thank you. Oh, it's great to be yeah. on. Thank you. From the Wiki Wiki Grog Shop in the beautiful Napa Valley, this is Cobra's Fang, a.k.a. Lauren Mole, speaking for Judd's Napa Valley Show, a Gil Lamar production. Judd's Napa Valley Show.